0: Well, good morning. What an incredible morning so far. We're going to come back to Alpha on that video. Um, But uh, I I love the lady who said there, what, like eternal life? What, what here? Life here forever? I'm not so sure. And uh, with a COVID year, um, I think I'd be the same. Like just here on this earth, I'm not fancying that. I I, I like the other guys. A good time, good vibes. That's that's Easter. And uh, with the sun shining, maybe that's. That's a bit of what we have um, this Easter. So it's great to be here. I'm just going to talk a little bit um, about, there's some questions on that, on that video. The question we're looking at today is, is risen, really? Did it really happen? Or is it risen? Yeah, really. That's what we're going for today. So uh, we're going to have a look at that. And um, I'm going to read uh, straight off the bat, um, a guy called Paul, who the Apostle Paul, he um, wrote to a church in Corinth, the Corinthians, and I'm going to read in um, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15. Um, it'll come up on the screen. This is what Paul uh, thought about the resurrection, and he says, he says this: For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That's how highly he thought about the things he's just about to say. That Christ died. For our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. You see, this miracle is the most extraordinary and world-changing miracle ever. It really is. And Paul lays it out there in his letter to the Corinthians, to the Corinthians, because they weren't sure about the resurrection. They weren't really sure whether it happened or whether it was a thing for them or how it affected their faith. And Paul says that later in that same passage, he says, well, if Christ did not raise... From the dead, then our preaching is useless. He said, this preaching is useless. He said, our faith is futile if Christ did not raise from the dead. But maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're looking in online and you doubt that very same thing. You doubt whether Jesus was who he was. Maybe you doubt some of his claims, the things he said or the things he did. And if that's you, you're in good company. That was the Corinthians. Maybe you've even believed in who Jesus said he was once upon a time, but stuff happened, things got in the way, and now you're not really believing or you're not really following him as you've heard some people are doing this morning. Maybe you stopped believing. Well, if that's you, like I said, you're in really good company. Because those closest to Jesus, his own disciples, were exactly in that place after the death of Jesus. And I want to explore some of those people that are written in the Bible, and I want to tell how they went from like despair to delight, and from fear to faith, and from kind of helplessness and hopelessness to the hope that is the resurrection. And if there was ever a year where we needed hope, it's been this year, hasn't it? Or this last year. So let's get into the story. Jesus died. It was customary uh, for the women of the day to go the next day to anoint the body. And so we read in the Bible that some of the women went to the tomb as they walked. It says in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, it said they wondered. What were they wondering? They were wondering who was going to roll away the stone. Why? Well, because they expected a dead Jesus. They expected the, the tomb to be still as it was and the stone to be in front. That's what they expected. There's an image of the tomb on the screen here. And if you have a look at that, you'll see why they wondered because that, that's a heavy stone. Whether it's to be rolled or another one was like they plugged the gaff with like a cork um, to seal the tomb. But let's not forget it was also guarded by soldiers, the Bible tells us. And they'd put a seal around it as well. A heavy seal so that no one could get in to the tomb. Mary was one of those women and she, it seems, was first to the tomb. Mary Magdalene. And uh, she got there and found an empty tomb. And uh, she was then telling the disciples, and and she said these words in in John's Gospel, chapter 20. She said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they have put him. (laughs) She says this three times, this incomprehensibility of, he must have been stolen, someone must have taken the body. She says this to the disciples. She says this to the angels who she encounters inside the tomb. And she also says it to someone outside the tomb who she assumed was the gardener. Disbelief. Trying to find a natural explanation for a supernatural event. stolen, perhaps by Jesus' enemies. You know, if it was stolen by Jesus' enemies, then surely at any hint of rumor of resurrection, they would have revealed the body to quash that just in one. Let's look at someone else. Let's have a look at the uh, disciples. You see, if... Um, if, if the women were at the tomb, they would have come back and they were tasked to tell the disciples what had happened. And if it was today, they would have just got on their phone, wouldn't they? They would have just messaged. They would have said, We're at the tomb. The disciples would have gone, And? And they said, It's empty. <laughs> disciples were like, What? Yeah, he's not here. <laughs> That was been their way. And the disciples, their reaction is incredible. Listen to this. right? It's, it's in the Bible. The disciples said, what on earth are you talking about? It actually says in Scripture that they thought that the women's words were like nonsense. <laughs> Can you believe that? In Luke's Gospel 24, look it up. Verse 11. What is this? It's doubt. It's disbelief. It can't be. What I love about the Bible is that in that day, the woman's testimony actually meant very little. It wasn't a strong testimony. But that's who God chose to be the first witness at the tomb. I love that. Let's look at someone else. Let's look at Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' followers. Hearing the news that the tomb was empty from the women, It says in the Bible that he got up and ran to the tomb. It says that bending over, he saw the strips of linen by themselves. And he went away, therefore. How did he go away? Wondering. Kind of like confused.com. What on earth has happened here? I love Peter. He's been on this kind of faith coaster a faith roller coaster, You know, when he was walking with Jesus and it was getting tough to follow Jesus, to be honest. And some people were going away from him. And Jesus said, well, will you go as well? And he looked to the disciples. And Peter was the first one to speak up. And he said, well, where else will we go? You're the one who have the words of eternal life. You see, Peter definitely believed at that point. But then, when Jesus was arrested nearing his time for trial and then crucifixion, Peter, with everybody else, fled and deserted Jesus, his friend. And then, as many of you know, Jesus flatly denied that he'd ever known. Sorry, Peter flatly denied that he'd ever known Jesus. Not just once, but three times. Wow, that's quite incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus and Peter, this relationship, such a roller coaster of faith. Maybe that's you today. What's the big deal, you might ask? People die all the time. Of course they do. Well, these people, Mary, the disciples, and Peter, they believed that Jesus... Was the Messiah, the Savior that was going to come and help them. He was going to be the King forever and deliver them from all of their oppression and problems in that day. But instead, age 33, this Jesus, he was arrested. He was put on trial. He was tortured. He was killed. And then he was buried. And the rumor is now that he's been stolen. <laughs> Their hopes were shattered. Their faith in disarray. They're absolutely gutted. Here's the thing. When Jesus died, hope died. Christianity died in a funny sort of way. Faith died. And let's be clear. Even though Jesus had told them that this was going to happen, the disciples... No one was at the tomb expecting it to happen. No one's there like counting down the three days. Three, two, one, ten, not any minute now he's going to come out of the tomb. Six, five, no one was doing that. And the Jews didn't even consider that it was even possible that someone could raise from the dead. (laughs) Huh. Let's go to the rest of the story. It starts to unfold. You see, Jesus is indeed risen. And he goes about some great reveals. And in doing so, he changes some lives incredibly. And he changes the course of history more significantly. Let's look at those same people again. Let's look at Mary, the first reveal. Mary's thought she's talking to the gardener. It actually turns out, that it's Jesus. She says to him, where have you taken him? Where have you carried my Jesus away to? Jesus looks at her and speaks to her. He calls her name. He says, Mary. At once, she's aware, she's in the presence of the risen Savior. She says, Rabboni, which means Teacher. And she falls at his feet. She wants to touch him and worship him in that moment. This is the first encounter. It reminds me something of what Sally was saying. She was saying that she felt this love and this forgiveness in worship washing down over her and through her. as She encountered the risen Lord, just like Mary. The second reveal. Let's have a look at Peter in Luke's gospel. Chapter 24, verse 33. Peter is um, talked about by two other people that Jesus has encountered. It's a tiny verse. In fact, I hadn't seen this. Peter himself had a resurrection appearance from Jesus. It says, uh, the Lord's risen. He's appeared to Simon, Simon, Peter. He's got so many names, doesn't he? Cephas, Simon, Peter. Make up your mind. I'll just call him Peter. (laughs) And Peter... We don't really know what this one looks like, but I like to imagine it like this. Remember, believed, disbelieved, denied. That was where we found Peter last time. I would like to think that as Peter went away from the tomb, he was wandering. I'd like to think that Jesus came up behind him, tapped him on the shoulder. Peter would have turned round, And I would imagine Jesus just looking into Peter's eyes. And in those moments, I think Peter would have been just melting with just so many emotions. (laughs) And then I think, and then I think, this isn't in the Bible, right? This is Russell, okay? So (laughs) then I think Jesus would have given him a huge bear hug. A huge sort of, I love you. Peter, I love you. Peter's life transformed in that moment. Risen? Really. And what about the disciples? Well, they were locked away in a room, John's Gospel tells us. It says they were together, but the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And uh, locked doors are no problem for a risen Jesus. He (laughs) appears in the room. And um, they're, they're frightened out of their brains because, you know, the Jews have got Jesus and they figure, well, we're next. But Jesus says to them, he says these words, and Jesus is so gentle. He says, why are you troubled? And why are there doubts in your mind? You see, Jesus, he almost expects his followers to doubt him at times. I do sometimes. In terms of my faith and living this out for him, in each day, in every consequence, in every circumstance, it's okay to have doubt. But each time we're pointed back to Jesus and he says to them, he reassures them, as he so often does in my life, and I'm sure he's done in your life too. He says, I'm not a ghost. You don't need to be afraid. And he gives them peace. And he opens their minds to the scriptures, like he did with Mary, to see him. When he says to them, I have overcome death, he stands there physically resurrected and says, I am the risen Lord Jesus. This is the good news of Easter. This is why we're in here celebrating that the Savior, the King, has defeated the grave. Our greatest enemy, that of death, that we can do nothing about. Jesus has conquered death this sting of death can no longer touch us if we are those who are in Christ. You see, the forgiveness that Jesus offered on the cross when he took the debt of my sin and Simon's sin and Sally's sin and Linda's sin and Claire's sin, the debt that he took paid by sacrificing himself on that cross gives eternal life for all of us. And the fact that he rose again means that that death is authenticated into life. And therefore, anyone who believes in him can have the same life as he did forever and ever. We are transformed in his presence as we come to understand who he is and what he's done for us. The disciples were able to say, risen? Really? Mary, yes. (laughs) What about you? They all went from fear and doubt to faith and to hope because of who Jesus said he was. And they found out that what he said he was, he was. And who he said he is, he is. And he is still that today. As you encounter Jesus, what does it bring? Well, it brings courage. It brings a sense of purpose. You get a new identity. And we've heard some stories today of some who struggled with that in terms of, but in Christ, they're now known and loved. And they become witnesses. That's why we've demonstrated these baptisms here today to tell the world that this Jesus is alive and he can change us from prisons and addictions (laughs) into people who follow after him, a new purpose, a new place in a family with him forever see this in Peter's life. He went on to preach his first Easter sermon like quickly after. He's been completely transformed. Now full of courage and boldness, he preaches to all those that are around him, the Jews of the day. And he says that that you basically put this Jesus upon the cross. Our sin put him there. And they, through Peter's preaching, are cut to the heart. And they say, what must we do therefore to be saved, Peter? Peter says, These words, he says, repent. Repent of your sin. Repent of not following after him. Repent of living your life without him. And be baptized so that you will know the forgiveness of your sins. And so many people gave their lives on that day to Jesus. You might think this is just fake news. You might think, well, there's a whole load of other explanations. Well, I'm not sure there are. (laughs) And the scholarly view right now is that it's hard to disprove the resurrection. You can say that that they went to the wrong tomb, but it's highly unlikely. You can say that maybe all those 500 people that we read about were all hallucinating at the same time. Really? You can say that Jesus had a twin you don't hear that one very often. But you could say it. You could say that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He just fainted. Really? I think the Romans were better soldiers than that. They were experienced at crucifixion. Often when we do these things, we, we just don't want to acknowledge the truth. And I don't. My kids the other day, they, I was just sat around the dinner table, and they were like, Dad, you're, you're getting old, aren't you? <laughs> like, it's not what you want to hear, is it? You know, I know my hair's got longer, and as it's got longer, it's got greyer. And they're like, Dad, you're getting old. and I, I don't want to hear that truth. But it is truth. My eyes are failing me. My, my back's beginning, I can't do what I used to do. When I play football, it takes me weeks to recover. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that whoever comes through me will inherit that life. And will know him forever. And have eternal life with him. Jesus said, he also said that if you are my disciples, if you... You uphold my teaching, like like people have done today. They've been obedient to Jesus saying, get baptized. And he says, if you do that, then you will be my disciples and you will know the truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. And then you can live your life out without fear because of freedom that we win in Christ, that he won for us. Let me conclude with what Paul concludes I started in 1 Corinthians 15 Let's see how he ends As I come to end and he says this that Christ has indeed been raised from the dead risen really the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep For since death came through A man The resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam we all die, so in Christ we will all be made alive. It's the only way out of our sin which leads to death. And a death forever without God. Which is no place that you want to be. It's the only way out is to trust and believe in Jesus. That he died and that he was raised again on the third day. To bring all those that trust in him to life. You know, all those people, Mary. <laughs> it's about having an experience. And it's about understanding some knowledge. What do you need? Do you need to know more? Or do you just need to encounter God? And often we need both. And just as Jesus opened those disciples' minds and he opened Mary's minds and he, he encountered Peter, my prayer is that he would encounter you today. And all of those witnesses, Mary and Peter and the disciples and those that you've heard today, Simon and Linda and Claire Etc., etc., they would all lean into you. And they would say, if you're a believer in the place today, they would say to you, Your hope in Christ is not in vain, it is not futile. He has risen, and you can live that out for His glory. And if you're here today and you're just looking in, you don't know Jesus today, and you've doubted, and you've been in fear, perhaps, and afraid and they too would lean into you today those early disciples they even gave up their life they say they say i gave up my life as a witness so that you could read of what jesus did for you so that you could one day this day perhaps come to believe and trust in him and you might want to do that today even now god is moving He's touching hearts and lives. Will you choose to be chosen? That's how we started today, wasn't it? Seven words, I think, which is just saying to Jesus, Look, I'm sorry, God, for not living for you. I'm sorry that I've been the Lord of my own life. I repent of my sin. And I want to come to know you, Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior, the risen one, who's given me, can give me life now and life forever in eternity with him so that we can have an eternal life. Which isn't going to be like this life. It's going to be amazing. And if you're ready, as we, if you want to pray that prayer, you can pray it. You can pray it right now. We're going to sing in a minute and you can pray it through that song as you give your life to Jesus on this wonderful Easter Sunday that would be special for you as you come to know Him. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you've just still got loads of questions and this has only kind of given you more questions. Well, I'd love to invite you to something called Alpha. We heard that Linda had done it. It's a six-week opportunity uh, around some videos that we watch, some DVDs, and then we just discuss life and faith. And if you've got questions, then you can sign up to Alpha. It's in the description below. You can go on our website, city8.church/alpha. If you're ready to explore, then we'd love to help you. And so you can sign up to that. But right now, we're going to end with worship of our great risen Savior King for all that he's done. Thanks for listening.